0: Welcome to the 13th episode of the Disney Cruise Line blog podcast. Today is D- Bastille Day in France, so we're going to talk about Remy. There are four main experiences at Remy. Uh, there's, I can't say the first one, but Emily can.
1: The Petit Assiette de Remy?
0: Yes, the Small Plates of Remy, exactly. <laughs> That's Definitely uh, easier to say. Uh, from here on out, I'm going to call that the Small Plates of Remy, because I'm going to butcher the other one. It's uh it's available on embarkation day. It's $50 per person. Includes six courses, there's a wine pairing, and it's not a full meal but it, it kind of gives you the taste of what you might expect at Remy, more of an introductory kind of offering to say, "Hey, this is what we this is kind of things we do in Remy. We have not done this experience yet." Uh it's one it's the one of the four that we have not experienced and uh so really don't have anything to say or really talk about it
1: i would just add that you if you want to book this experience this is something that you do on embarkation day in royal court royal palace um you know on your navigator when it says to do the paulo remy uh, dining changes you would want to look for that so uh, this is not something that is booked online previously
0: the next non-main experience at Remy is Pompidou's patisserie's dessert experience. That's held on a sea day of cruises four nights or longer. It's uh. We just we just checked this out uh, on our last cruise on the Fantasy. Uh, I wrote I have a review with a bunch of photos over on the website. It starts out. It's one of those we did book online ahead of time. The experience is fifty dollars per person, and they do offer uh, a wine, a kind of like a sweet wine pairing to go with it for another twenty-five dollars per person. Uh, I mean, usually we, at least one of us, would probably get a wine pairing, but in this time we didn't think they're mostly sweet wines. We kind of passed on those, thinking. We'd be kind of in a sugar coma leaving, so we didn't want to add on to that with a bunch of sweet wine. Anyway, we once we checked in, we were seated, and uh, Chef Patrick came out and kind of introduced, welcomed everybody and introduced kind of like what would happen, what's going to you know, the different courses. Brought out the Air, sommelier, sommelier, who uh, kind of did a little once over on the wine, wine pairing and then came around to the tables and asked us if we wanted to partake. Um, then we were given a menu up front. We, after writing the article, we did hear from others that kind of said they were, were not given the menu. So each uh, course was a complete surprise to them. Uh, in our case, we were given a menu, but we still, it was still a little mysterious because it was just, you know, one or two words to describe each course, so uh, you didn't really know what was coming out each time. I think, oh, what was it, five courses?
1: There were six. Six courses. But one of the things that was good to know is when people were leaving comments was that it's sort of a um, dynamic menu. It's not the same every time. So Mm -hmm. um, what people may have experienced previously, you know, will have changed, which is, which is good because I think that's one of my big disappointments sometimes with Disney Cruise Line is, yeah, you have your favorites. Yeah. They keep the same things that you like, but also for folks that kind of cruise often, it's nice to have those dynamic changes. So, um, know kind of keep old favorites mix in some new kind of things so
0: i mean i was kind of impressed that all of the the des- all the desserts are really good desserts and uh to my surprise none of them were overly sweet that you know that rich sweet like dessert that i was kind of worried about up front so you know if i would do it again i might actually consider the wine pairing just to kind of see how that goes but
1: They also do a good job of pretty much everybody getting the dessert at the same time. So they have the servers going around to the different tables um, to and they're, you know, kind of their helpers that go ahead and put the plate in front of you and then lift the lid off so that the tables all receive it at once so that everyone kind of gives their first immediate reaction and people aren't looking at other tables to see what they got. And I think that that's kind of neat. Everyone kind of almost takes a bite in at the same time, and it it actually works very well with the timing of it.
0: The chef comes out and kind of introduces each course and talks a little about it.
1: Uh, f- for me, I was impressed because uh, there wasn't anything there that um, you know I didn't like. So I think that everything was delicious. Uh, that we started with a sort of like a apple type drink, which was delicious, or dessert, which was delicious. Then we had a pear. Um,
0: like a layered pear. Oh gosh, it was dessert.
1: delicious. My favorite was the lemon curd tart with the berries on it, and then the berries were stuffed um then they had this amazing uh, coconut ravioli which Scott and I loved both of us loved that um and then the you know essentially the vanilla soup with the macadamia nuts and and even the chocolate um dessert even if you're someone who's not a big chocolate fan it's still light enough although it looks from the photos you know with this dark ganache but it's still very very light so um very good uh, desserts, all of them. And then I was very happy at the end to be presented with a glass of Tattinger champagne because I, Scott can tell you that the whole time I was saying, I don't want the wine pairing. I just want to order a glass of champagne and voila there at the end, they, they presented it to us um, with some macaroons to go. So that was kind of cool. Cause we got to share some of those with Isabel. So.
0: Yeah. And if you think about it, with that glass of Tattinger the fifty-dollar experience is really more of a thirty-four-dollar experience because that glass of Tattinger goes for sixteen bucks on the ship. Obviously, if you're not drinking it, you're not getting a re- you know a cheaper dessert experience. But you can just kind of think of that too as it's more of a thirty-five-dollar dessert experience and a glass of champagne for sixteen.
1: Isabel, what did you think of those macaroons? They were really good. They were delicious. Yeah. Good. I like to bring treats back for her. So we have early dining. We always, um, you know, do main dining. And so I was concerned because this is at 3.30. And you're done by about 4.30, 4.45. And, um, you know, main dining is at 5.45. So I was pleasantly surprised that I wasn't full because I was concerned about that. um, Being so close to main dining. So that was good. Um, You know, I... I just, you know, had the, had an entree and no dessert, but still, you know, it was nice to be able to enjoy, um, be able to go to main dining and not be stuffed. And, um, the other thing for my opinion is this, I don't feel like this is something that I'm going to book on every cruise. I think that this is something that I would consider booking a few years apart. You know, maybe one of those, hey, Sky, we haven't done the Remy dessert experience in a while. What do you think? Kind of thing. Um, you know, it was a fine experience. It was nice. But, you know, I would definitely rather for my review, I would rather put my money towards, you know, going back to dinner or or something again. So.
0: Or a wine and cheese event in Remy. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I'd rather put the uh that fifty dollars per person towards a uh brunch or dinner at Remy. Not that the dessert party was bad or anything. it's just for my preference I'd rather go for the full dinner or you know full on brunch than just have all desserts Moving on to Remy brunch uh right off the top it's a you can book it online ahead of time uh it's Fifty-five dollars per person, and they offer a champagne. Yeah. They offer a champagne pairing for another twenty-five dollars per person. It's available on C days, in Remy. <laughs> <laughs> you start out the experience. Uh, you're taken in as kind of a uh, larger group, maybe about 10, 10 people, into the wine room and. The chef and the sommelier will kind of go over the experience. You'll each, you'll receive a complimentary glass of Tattinger and a plate of uh, cured ham, cured sliced ham, and
1: and just as a FYI for those of you that have dietary restrictions, um, you know I don't eat the ham. They will bring a um, the last few times we've done this, they do a uh, plate of ratatouille. So. Um, delicious. It's a delicious alternative. And even though Scott did eat the ham, they brought him a plate of the red Ratatouille as well. And um, it was delicious. So um, don't be, you know, worried because it's a set menu. There's, you know, you just let them know at the podium and then when you are seated and they'll take care of you.
0: I would say, especially for the brunch to, or anytime you're going to let them know about your dietary restrictions ahead of time. Like, you know, when you first get on the ship, just so they have some time to kind of plan ahead and have it prepared. And if you let them know ahead of time on the brunch, you know, the alternative option will be in the wine room as you enter. Uh, if you tell them when you're in there, they'll, you know, have to go get it. And you're kind of getting that as you're walking to the table or it's being served at the table. So it's kind of let them know ahead of time. Then once you're done in there... Uh, You know, they are also in there is when they go over the uh, champagne pairing and then you're taken to your table. And from there, the fun begins. We've done the uh, Remy brunch a couple or a few times now, and we've always done the champagne pairing. It's just kind of it goes together. I think when the brunch first started it was a they called it a champagne brunch and it originally included the champagne in the price of the brunch at some point it then changed to they kind of split that off to uh, an add on option but we've always and we continue to add on the champagne pairing it just kind of goes real well with each course and who doesn't like champagne and The one thing is it's truly all champagne that you're served, not, you know, sparkling wine. It's legitimate legitimate champagne served at each, you know, throughout the brunch. Uh, While it's called brunch, it's not like, you know, traditional brunch where maybe like there's a buffet you go up to. Everything is served to you off of a fixed menu. Uh, You're first seated, you're served a plate of delicious bread and butter and sea with butter and sea salt. Definitely put the salt on. It's delicious together.
1: Mm-hmm. Agree.
0: And then, and then on, you know, you're, if you're doing the pairing, your first, uh, champagne arrives and your, uh, first course, second course, you- Count the uh, they count the uh, cured ham in the beginning as the first course. You know, just kind of the <clears throat> the courses kind of progress as you go through. Uh, and, and
1: they have varied a little bit as we have done them. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's good is you know Scott has the shellfish allergy, and I don't eat you know pork or red meat. But they, um, you know, even though it's a fixed menu. You know, whereas Scott obviously cannot have the lobster cannelloni because uh, he will have a reaction. Um, they'll they'll give him something else, and honestly, usually it's delicious. I, I mean, once he got homemade gnocchi, and you know, he that was delicious. I had a piece, and and it was good. So um, it's important that they know. Um, there was one time that we were served a sea bass, and he was unable to have the Thai sauce because it had a shellfish component to it, but he was still able to, you know, eat the sea bass. so um they they do a great job. They're um, the food is delightful. You will leave that one full. You will definitely, definitely leave that one stuffed. i can I can guarantee you that, even though the courses are small, the way that they, paste them, especially if you get the champagne pairing, because, you know, that's bubbly. So you're, you know, you've got a stomach full of bubbles as well. And they're full glasses. It's not, it's not a champagne tasting, you know, you do get the full pour.
0: I, I've never left Remy brunch hungry.
1: Right. And we do usually finish with coffee as well too. So, um, you know, they, they, uh, it's a good it's a good uh, experience i i enjoy that one
0: and even at the end there are some surprises that come out uh and one time we uh, what are those things called emily
1: the canelés
0: yeah the little
1: they give you some different things than they give you at dinner time but um you know, delicious. One thing to note is they do do the auto gratuity for the sommelier when you do the champagne pairing. So that gets added also to your tab. Um, but the, uh, the brunch is, is delicious. You
0: might notice we're not going into, into kind of details on each course because they do change. And I will link our uh, reviews with a bunch of photos on our brunch but talking about the individual items they for the most part aren't there anymore i mean they they change off they rotate through and change things up enough that you know you definitely can it, there's a lot of repeatability because you're not going back to the same item might be the same style item you know it might be a lobster dish but it's a new lobster dish or a
1: And make sure that you give yourself plenty of time, um, you know, to, you know, when you're looking on your navigator, the brunch usually takes about 90 minutes, give or take. So, I mean, they'll let you sit there and drink coffee for essentially as long as you need to, as long as it doesn't run in, you know, if they're doing the dessert party that day. Um, but they don't rush you through. Um, it's very nice. It's paced very well, but just make sure you give yourself enough time because while we've been in Palo and they've asked us, you know, do you want to get to the show if it's dinner or something else? At Remy, they definitely want you to kind of sit back and relax with them. So, which I'm happy to do. It's lovely. So that leaves us w-
0: with Remy dinner. And again, Remy Dinner, you can book it online well ahead of time. It's available every night. Remy Dinner now is $85 per person. They do offer a wine pairing.
1: So we have never done, neither of us have, have done the wine pairing at Remy. Um, just to compare, Remy is, you know, similar to Victorian Alberts, if you've eaten there on property, um, you know which Scott and I have enjoyed. We were lucky enough to go there one time, and I did get the wine pairing there, but um, there are a couple reasons why I personally do not choose the wine pairing at Remy. One is how we order, um, because we don't go with the separate menus, and Scott will talk about those in a moment. And the other is um, that there have been a few sommeliers that have, have come to our table that have said, hey, why don't you guys just, You know, instead of paying the hundred and some dollars per person, just get a, you know, nice bottle of wine that's less and split it. Um, I personally, there's an issue with space and trying to um, enjoy all of the courses as well as um, the desserts and, you know, all these different things. So I, I usually order a glass of champagne and drink that and... Um, you know, there's a cocktail. I one time went and had a glass of wine in Meridian beforehand and I learned my lesson not to do that because, you know, you, I really don't want to fill up on that. I want to enjoy, enjoy Remy. So, um, they do definitely offer the wine pairing. I've seen a few people in the restaurant get it. I've also seen the sommelier, you know, tell some folks, you know, exactly what they've, what they've said and, and, uh. You know, whatever their reason for that is, is the reason they they may make more if they, you know, sell a bottle of wine or what have you. But um, that's, that's just kind of my thought process behind not doing the wine pairing.
0: Yeah. Remy Dinner is one of those that I've overeaten. Probably the most.
1: Yeah, when they come back and offer you that second piece of bread, you just say no. Nope. <laughs> you're honestly better off saying, even though you want it and it's delicious, and, you know, the butter with the sea salt, and they, they offer you different kinds. There's a multigrain. There's a French baguette. There's brioche. I mean, it's just you're there for about two plus hours, um, you know, so the food is kind of settling. The portions are small, but they're numerous, um, you know. So, Scott, do you want to talk about how how the menu is kind of laid out and, you know, when you sit down, how they offer you?
0: Well, you kind of mentioned this a minute ago, but when you do the first thing after you sit down and you do receive a complimentary cocktail, the Colette, which is made right there table side. It's
1: a... We've had it made differently in our trips to Remy. We've had it with... Um mint, dried apricot, currants, dried pineapple. Um so they they change up the contents of the colette. The
0: base of the the base of the drink kind of remains it's Tattinger, it's Grey uh, Goose Grand vodka. vodka and Gray yeah. Goose. Uh however they kind of flavor, you know, they kind of work on the flavorings component a bit.
1: Yeah, because one time we had absolute pear instead of gray goose, so it does vary.
0: It's a wonderful drink to get you started. And then
1: then they come around and offer you a water menu.
0: <laughs> this is also at brunch and uh this is also offered at brunch and the uh, the dessert thing. It's a water menu where you know you can buy you know order Evian, you can order sparkling waters. Uh and just remember that each bottle has a price to it, so I think one time we went that route, and we ended up what, with two bottles purchased throughout the meal. Anyway,
1: it's, yeah, it's it not bottle, the free. it was a bottle for each of us.
0: Uh, if you're not interested in paying for water, just make sure you say tap water. Tap water. Uh, but they do have a selection. We have a copy of the menu on the website for the water. So far, every time we've had Remy dinner, we're provided this beautiful cube of deliciousness. It's essentially tomato soup fried in a cube that if you're not, that you just take the whole bite into your mouth, because if you don't, it's going to run down your chin on your outfit, but it's delicious. It's simple, yet it's something you wouldn't expect. After the bread service and after the colette, it's time to get down and pick your menu for the evening. There are two prefixed menus, the saviour from Chef Lament, the goot from Chef Scott Honol from uh, he's, he's been the longtime chef over at Victorian Alberts uh, at the Grand Floridian. And then they have kind of the a la carte offerings down below in the menu, which are include the same items in the fixed menus with a couple other options. Uh, this is kind of where, depending on our server, we either get a look, a kind of baffled look, or there's a big grin on us on their face.
1: The baffled look only happened once, and it was just this last time.
0: <laughs> but but it's okay because it works out. I just don't think he was prepared for that anyway we since I'm I have, with my shellfish allergy and the same would go for anybody's allergies or dietary restrictions and Emily's choice not to do red meat and pork uh, we kind of just say you know you can make our make the menu for us with these restrictions and they're usually pretty cool about that uh, and they'll just kind of and then that way each course is really a surprise to us so it makes the uh the dinner even more exciting
1: yeah i i have truly had some of the best food uh served to me at remy um it you know some of the lobster dishes some of the they are just melt in your mouth flavorful you know the garnish is edible the whole thing I don't think I have ever left a speck of anything, nor has Scott, on our plate with those entrees. Um, Another note, there's always upcharges that you can have, and not every server has offered them to us, but uh, for example, one of the trips we were on, uh, I think it was the Dream, the server... You know, there was a white truffle menu. So everything involved, every every entree included, I don't know, 10 grams or something of white truffle for $250. Or there is also the upgrade to the, you know, Mitsuyaku beef or whatever, you know, the name of it is for, for you know, four ounces for this price, or, you know, two ounces for this. So there's, there's certainly always ways if you desire to, Um, you know, to upgrade your meal. There's usually some caviar that they'll offer you. Um, That's special if you would like to enjoy that. Um, But overall, the Remy experience with the food, the service, honestly, I I have never, never been um, let down. So um, the other thing is the dessert that they bring you. So, Scott, do you want to... uh, talk about that one
0: yes when it's time for dessert there's this beautiful cart that gets rolled to your table
1: it's the cart of heaven
0: it's a selection of cheeses these are not your typical it's not your typical cheese plate it's there's some very robust cheeses on this list
1: I mean, in some of the cheeses, you know, Scott and I are pretty, you know, worldly with the cheeses. So, usually about half of the cheeses, you know, we have had before uh, in various forms. But it's still just a delicious way to, um, you know, end end your meal, you know, before you get the the sweets of dessert. So, they'll give you the, um, you know, they have these breads that are like these little flat breads that are toasted there's usually some, you know, apricot jam or honey on a honeycomb or or something like that. But, you know, we used to just get little samplers. Like they would say, oh, do you like blue cheeses? Do you not? You know, do you like soft cheeses? Now, you know, we just say give us some of all of it and then just little pieces of all of it. And then Scott and I usually just kind of split the piece. So um, that is probably... If I could just have that and a glass of Tattinger, I would be happy, which is why Scott and I are always talking about suggesting just a wine and cheese pairing. Um, but we love when they when they roll that cheese cart down. so once they're you, you have your cheeses, then they will bring out your um your actual desserts uh your sweet desserts so um again. You know, Scott and I aren't huge. You know, chocolate, thick ganache, and usually they have chocolate, but they're always delicious. It's usually not something very heavy. Um, they just they do great. And then they bring. Go ahead, Scott.
0: There are really only two dessert options based off the original two menus, but
1: yeah, they usually bring one for you and one for mm-hmm. me. You know, kind of. One had like chocolate mint one time, and the other one had, you know. Crawling flavor or hazelnut, and but it's usually pretty close to you know each other. They're good, and then they always bring you you know some your,
0: your third dessert.
1: Yeah, we've had things from you know cinnamon breadsticks, like a you know resemblance of a churro for, and caramels and nougats and homemade chocolates too. Um, now they've they have have given us little tarts. Which they wouldn't let us take because there's dairy in them. They have to be eaten right away. They don't even let you take them to your stateroom. Um, You know, they always give the cannellae's suckers. I mean, they.
0: I'm eating one of the suckers right now.
1: (laughs) I had some. He is. He and Isabel had some as well. This one's orange. But the cool thing about that is that, uh, you know, the first time Scott and I went to Remy dinner, we we were just trying to eat all of it now we're just like go just go ahead and box it up take it with us and actually on our fantasy cruise we went ahead and took the desserts with us onto castaway key and enjoyed those after cookies barbecue so we could all we could all have those things so they give you a box of chocolates at the end and i mean it with is, your bill and they used to have a cartier pen <laughs> and a cartier pen is no more um but in, something to note that's interesting about the bill your server does not deliver that to you the maitre d does so interesting he reviews the bill with you um you know and the one the one that we had the water i thought oh man but you know we we asked for for still water and yes we were brought some fancy evian still water so i mean how can you how can you dispute it? Um,
2: so, Isabel, what is
1: your favorite part of Remy dinner?
2: Getting um, room service or pizza from deck and going to the kids club. <laughs> Isabel
1: enjoys um, enjoys when we go to Remy dinner as well. So,
0: now I remember back before we ever went when we were first going on the fantasy because I don't think we fantasy was the first time we did Remy brunch and it wasn't until later we went to Remy dinner on the dream for the first time i was always i was at that point in life i was not i wasn't really ready for remy dinner based on what i saw i was a little concerned i wouldn't enjoy each course and i'd be picking through my meal uh however i i'm glad you know, the brunch was a nice stepping stone to kind of, okay, this isn't so bad. And then I had no problems kind of going in for dinner. But now I'm looking back, I'm like, I don't know what I was worried about. Everything's been wonderful.
1: Now Scott just puts the fork in it and doesn't worry about if there might be a mushroom or a tomato um that Mush- he doesn't mushrooms want.
0: Mushrooms are gross.
1: But... but- he was served at Remy dinner a mushroom risotto, and he ate every
0: piece of it. So I mean, I don't like like I said, I think mushrooms are gross. However, that dish was delicious, and I didn't compl- I, You know, I didn't think twice about n- eating it, and,
1: and, and you didn't leave any behind. No, so it was
0: clean plate. So don't let don't let the food. If you're in, not necessarily a picky eater, but a not that adventurous of an eater. Don't let it... Don't let that keep you from going to Remy. I think the food is... Yeah. They make some magic up there in Remy.
1: Also, I think going to Victoria and Elberts did help you too, because when you went there and you do choose your courses there, uh, you know, that kind of was able to get you ready for and it would be vice versa. You know, you could go to Remy and... But it kind of gets you ready for the myriad of courses, the size of the course, how the French, you know, how they do their meals like that and and so on and the timing of everything. And, um, I mean, I honestly could eat at Remy multiple times. Um, you ha- You have to... You know, when you add in the cheese and all those other things, you definitely do. I mean, we do. We leave Remy full. Um, so that's that's one issue. It's not necessarily even the cost. It's the amount of, of food. Um, but all of it is, is delicious. The service is fantastic. The atmosphere is gorgeous. It's quiet. It's lovely. Um, Scott and I much prefer Remy over Palo And that is um, something that we definitely miss on the classic ships is being able to get away to Remy brunch or dinner. So
0: I'm at the point where I'd never turn down Remy brunch or dinner. So I think it's a win all the way around.
1: We've even joked that we wish that the free Paolo you get as a platinum perk, they would just give you the $30 credit to use towards Remy because... You know at this point we just book Apollo meal because it's just included in our perk and We're we usually part of the problem yeah we are part of the problem um, but you know we usually book Apollo brunch but I would certainly you know if, if Disney thinks about it I would actually be spending more because I would be you know let's say I'd put it towards Remy brunch $30 towards the brunch you know, then I'm only paying 25, but I'm going to add on that champagne pairing. So now you've got, a, and Scott's going to add on that champagne pairing. So, um, you know, would would just be would be fun. But um, yeah, I think that about sums it up for the Remy offerings and kind of our thoughts on each of them. And hopefully, we'll do the embarkation um, small plates at some point. It's not really something that has ever crossed our mind to to kind of run after and do. And being that this time we had Remy dinner and the, the dessert experience on the fantasy. uh, We, we didn't go for that.
0: That wraps up our talk on Remy and the offerings available. Uh, We're going to, before we go, we're going to cover some questions. I think of voicemail. We're going to start off with the voicemail.
1: Hi, Sanders family. This is Erin from New Jersey. I have a question for the podcast about three-night cruises on the dream. My family is considering taking a three-night cruise next March, and we've only previously done seven-night cruises on the Magic and the Fantasy. If we were to do a three-night cruise, what would be your top tips of things that we definitely should do on the three-night cruise and things that we should cut out? I know that we'll have far less time on the ship to relax, but I want to make sure that we're able to do all of the best things possible. Um, any tips, hints, anything from your experience would be highly uh, helpful to us. And as a reminder, we have been on the magic and the fantasy, so it would be our first time on the dream. So top things on the dream as well. Thanks for all the great work on the podcast and on the blog. It's super helpful to us, Disney Cruise Line Planners. Thanks. Bye. Well, I've got a few things for you. Um, it is I'm sure you're going to be aware it is very difficult to take a three-night cruise after being on the lengthy cruises. Um, It is a very different feel because you are coming up against people that are trying to kind of cram everything in, a lot of first-time cruisers, so the feel is more of a rushed feel. So with that being said, my advice to you is, one, board the ship as early as you can so that you can start your vacation right away. Um, instead of you know, you know, the Disney transportation how it gets you there at 2 pm and what have you. Um, the other thing is try to do actually as little as possible so that you can relax. So you know on that Nassau day, unless there is something that you are absolutely, you know have to see, just use that as a sea day, hang out on the ship, chill and relax. Um, if you're going on the dream and you enjoy, Um, going into the adult areas. Pink is a very fun little place in the evening to go enjoy um, a champagne flight in. Um, And, of course, Scott and I, as we just said, we would recommend Remy, um, you know, to you. And um, I'm trying to think what else. Anything else that you can can think of, Scott or Isabel, on a three-night cruise?
0: Potentially you could skip, you know, say maybe Golden Mickeys or villains tonight, if you've seen them previously on other ships, uh, that could free up time to possibly do other things that may look in or, or, you know, go to some of the other areas on the ship in the evenings, like the District Lounge, Pink 687, the Tube, uh, rather than spending the show, Kind of like what Emily said. I think on a three-night cruise, if you're trying to, I'd say just kind of relax and just enjoy it, and you know, pick some of your like your favorite things that you did on the, the other cruises and go with that, and just kind of be a little spontaneous too.
1: And if you are, if there is something that you you know, want to see in Nassau, then use that day at Port Canaveral, your embarkation day, as kind of your sea day. So, you know, get on board, eat lunch, go hang out at the pools um, so that you can get some relaxation in. I don't think that there's anything specific on the navigator, um, you know, that I would say is a a can't miss, you know, an activity or something that they do. Um, Of course, you know, you can... You can look at it. The way I always judge things on a three-night is go ahead and circle or highlight the things or use your app and favorite the things that you think might be interesting to you. But if you're doing something else or you're on deck four reading a book in those amazing teak lounge chairs um, and you just don't make it to that activity, cool. No, don't worry about it. So, um, yeah, on a three-night cruise, if you want to relax if that's your goal and you've been on cruises before that's definitely definitely the the road that i would take and that is the road that we do take when we go on the three-night cruises because we are definitely um in the you know the longer the better cruise camp so when we just have a day or or so off of a school break and we hop on a three-night cruise you know we did that just this february we did as little of anything as possible
0: Yeah, Aaron, I think kind of what we're getting, you know, our our thoughts on this is you've been on the longer cruises, you've been on the classic uh, ships, and you've also been on the fantasy. Uh, There isn't really much, you know, really that unique just on the dream that would be, you know, that you'd be trying to force in that you haven't experienced already on the other ships. So I would say kind of just go with what sounds fun in the moment and just have a nice relaxing vacation an email question from uh rich at wdw owner on twitter what do you think they will do with the uh ships when they retire probably talking specifically about the magic and wonder uh went on to say hopefully many many years from now i i would say many many years from now more than i don't i have no idea I have no idea, but I would imagine they would either get sold to another line, or get sold to a uh,
1: dock that thing right side of outside of Port Canaveral and turn her into a casino.
0: Or sold to, uh, like, sold into the Asian market and still operate as like a pseudo Disney cruise line in the Asian market. Or somewhere like that.
1: It's too heartbreaking for me to talk about retiring my magic. Right. I can't. I can't even fathom that thought. I
0: don't, honestly, though, Rich, I I have no idea. Just keep
1: it's, putting it into dry dock.
0: I I can't imagine it would just become a floating hotel someplace. But who knows?
1: They could moor off the off Castaway Key. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Do we have any Twitter questions?
2: So Kyle at Kyle says, odd question, but not having been on a cruise in 16 years, how's the tap water on board? Recommend paying premium bottle for H2O?
0: I'm okay with tap water in general, and I'm fine with it on the cruise ships. Uh, I've never run across. You know, a re- I think the only reason we'd ever get bottled water is if we were going out on an excursion.
1: Nah, we fill up our turvis. Well, that that only
0: <laughs> goes so far. And depending I- on some ports of call, you might need some backup water. So that would probably be the only time, you know, pr- I would probably take any bottled water with me or buy some extra. Like, say so you're going out for a day in Mexico.
1: I actually prefer... Um, I actually prefer the... Uh, water on the ship to some of the bottled waters. Uh, for example, I'm not a DeSantis fan at all. I mean, they do sell Evian on the ship, which is, uh, you know, delicious, crisp bottled water. Um, the only thing about the bottled water is I I bet that there is still a higher salt content than is in regular um, water because I know they do the reverse salination process on it. Um, and you can always tell because between that and the food, you're, you kind of get that cruise bloaty. It's not... It's not weight gain from eating. It's literally like the, like being bloated. Um, so that that's one thing. But the water tastes fine. We've never brought on water um, on the ships. Um, Isabel, what do you think of the water? Tastes fine to you? It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So and just to give you an example, I on the ships, um, I drink just water and iced tea in the dining rooms. I don't drink. Anything from the drink station other than water. Isabel typically drinks the pomegranate lemonade um, with ice and chews on ice, so we we're good with the ice and and the water when we drink it. You know, pretty much all day, every day. So mix it in between our you know wine and and beer, but um, yeah, it's good.
0: All right, our next question is from.
2: All right, our next question comes from Jill Dunlop at Romance Rookie. I would be interested in learning more about travel insurance, navigating those waters. Pun intended? <laughs> well, Jill, we, um, we have actually not purchased travel
1: insurance yet, um, which I know is not the normal um, or recommended. I'll tell you the main reasons for that is because since we live in Florida and the majority of our cruises are out of Port Canaveral and we drive to Port Canaveral, um, you know, usually people have issues with getting to and from the ship if there's a weather event or something. Um, I know that you can purchase it and it would cover you if there was a medical emergency. Um, I guess we have just been kind of the um, playing with fire. Playing with fire, right? And especially, I mean, we got we finally got passports um, back in 2012 when we were on the fantasy and we watched three people um, <laughs> get medivac'd off, and we were like, mm, maybe we should get passports. So, um, we talked about it when we took our Southern Caribbean cruise, which was out of San Juan because it was in the peak of hurricane season at the end of October. Um, but we ended up moving, and I, I just never. <laughs> ended up purchasing it i did mean to to purchase a policy for that and i did look into it when we flew out of the country um, because you know you have the airfare and all those different legs but again i just never pulled the trigger so um i'm not very good for um, advice on that i will tell you that the site that i looked at was ensure my trip um, for travel insurance, uh, they were. It was very easy to kind of look at the different things and what they covered and how much it cost, but never did did it, we actually purchase it. So, um, sorry to not be more of help for you, but you know, I would probably I would probably just kind of start there and and see what you find. Or if you have a travel agent, certainly you could ask them. Um, I do know that it is. There are different things whether you purchase. Different things are covered whether you purchase the travel ins- insurance through Disney, the vacation protection plan versus others. So um, there are definitely different things to look into. All right, our next question is by Ashley Hodson uh,
2: at Tink Disney Girl 7. Um, going on the Wonder next month, Vancouver to San Diego. Will be our third Disney cruise, but first time out of the country. Any tips? Um, arrive the
1: day before, for sure, um, which is goes without saying with any cruise. But you know, you definitely want to make sure that you've got that buffer built in. Um, I know that when we go to Alaska next summer, we plan on um, you know arriving in Vancouver the night before, whether we do. Pre and posts or pre stay in, in Seattle or not, we'll still probably spend the night um, in Vancouver beforehand. I think it's just kind of safe to be close to the port. Um, that's the one thing I can I can recommend. Make sure you have all of your documentation, so your passports that they're up to date, um, not expired. You know anything like that. Um, you know our experience traveling out of the country with at the time an eight-year-old was actually pretty seamless we did we did very well um, flying from Florida to um, England and then to Copenhagen Um, so we did not transfer or we did not change any currency Um, you know if you're just going to Vancouver the night before it's usually cheaper to use your your credit card and pay the bank's fee Um, for the transaction fee than to worry about having to change money over or cash. Um, and, you know, usually even the taxi drivers and things, if you need them, they take your card. So it makes it super easy and super simple. Um, some of our trans, most of our transaction fees were under a dollar. So, um, I mean, that's one thing. Scott, do you have anything to add about traveling out of the country?
0: Uh, it goes on what you were just talking about the credit cards. Spend the time. If y- if you are going to, if you are considering using your credit card debit card when traveling out of the country definitely go and call your bank and or your credit card company and set up those travel alerts on your card uh, it'll be like where are you going they'll ask you where you're going just so if they get a transaction say from Vancouver uh, it's not flagged and automatically declined uh, it take you know it could take you know, 10 minutes, up to 10 minutes or so on hold or whatever, but it's definitely worth not having your card declined when you need to pay for something like a taxi or, you know, a lunch someplace when you're traveling. I think that's, that's one of those things we recently started doing, and it's been beneficial because we've not had an issue using our credit cards internationally now.
1: All right, so Drunk at Disney, um, at Drunk at Disney, has a question for us.
2: What is the best way to get from the ship into, in Bahamas, TP, the Atlantic Casino without being harassed?
1: That's a typo, Is It's Bahamas to the Atlantic Casino, but I love that you pointed out Dan's typo, so nice work. Keep reading.
2: Or without taking a full Disney excursion. Well, Drunk at Disney,
1: the best way to get from the ship... um to the casino is by not going at all. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um,
0: What you do is (laughs) is you look for flights from your local local airport to (laughs) Las Vegas. No. Okay. (laughs)
1: Um, Honestly, the best thing to do would be to um, find a local person, and I would recommend using TripAdvisor because this is what we have done in most of the southern Caribbean ports and a couple of the eastern Caribbean ports and find someone that's going to meet you at the cruise ship dock um, or you kind of have to walk up the dock and through their little... What is that What is that building, Scott? It's like their customs. It's not customs, though. It's, it's that building before the straw market. Um, and have them meet you there. They'll have your name on a sign. Um, they usually want a group, you know, of maybe six or so people so that it it's cheaper, um, not always, but usually you can get that set up if you have some friends that you're cruising with or, or something like that. But the best way to do it is to uh, find a reputable local person to, you know, kind of be your taxi. You certainly can just take a taxi and say, hey, I want to go to Atlantis, but you're right. You know, there's there's going to be that kind of harassment factor that, you know, 25 different people that, that want to take you over and name the different prices. So um, I would recommend doing that. I would definitely not recommend a Disney excursion because the prices are outrageous. Um, if you are looking at going over to the water park at all, um, we've read about checking in and checking out to the comfort suites, you know, renting a room there and just going in and checking in and checking out at the same time because you get the band for um, the Aquaventure water park. Um, which you take a taxi over to the Comfort Suites, you do the and it's it saves people hundreds of dollars. So that's something that we want to do um, at some point, but currently we you know usually use N- NASA as our c day. So, um, but you know that's that's something that's, that's easily done. So check out TripAdvisor, see if you can find um, you know someone that's highly ranked, and then and contact them. All right, and our last question is from Andrew Waghorn at AM Waghorn. Um, I'm going to read this one, Isabel. He would like to know, um, he thinks it would be helpful to run through the rules on onboard booking. And is there, his specific question is, um, are there restrictions on what you can use your onboard credit for? Andrew, I'll answer that part. So, no, the onboard credit is credited to your account. So, if you book a Three, four, or five-night cruise, um, and you get that hundred-dollar credit, or a seven or more cruise, seven-night or more cruise, and you get the two-hundred-dollar credit. It essentially goes on your stateroom account. So if you buy liquor in the duty-free shop, you know they work off of that money first. Um, Remy, Palo, shore excursions. If you do your gratuities that way, um, you know whatever that comes off of there first, or whatever you purchase first, comes off of there. So um, no, no restrictions as far as that goes. Um, we, you cannot book another cruise with that onboard credit because they charge your deposit directly, you know, to your credit card. So that would be something you couldn't. But everything else is, is essentially fair game. Um, we used to earmark that money towards gratuities, although for the past, you know, I don't know, half dozen cruises. I've just been prepaying the gratuities um, before we sail. It's just much easier to have that done and out of the way and then have that, quote-unquote, free money to look for. Um, So no, no restrictions um, on what you can use that onboard credit for. Scott, do you want to kind of go over some of the rules of the onboard booking? Uh,
0: The onboard booking offer is only valid for Categories 4 through 11 staterooms specifically inc- excludes concierge categories, uh, IGT, OGT, and VGT categories?
1: There are always um, blockout dates that you can't use the onboard booking towards, um, which vary. It, they usually certainly fall over the holidays. I'd, I know you can't use them around Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. It varies on when they do it in the summertime, Um You know, the cruises that they determine are are blockout dates and also some around spring break as well, Um, usually around Easter. So you can't use your – that's a rule for onboard booking. You get um, 10% off of the fare – I'm sorry, you only pay 10% of the deposit instead of 20% of the deposit on seven-night or longer cruises. So, um, you know, we booked a three-night cruise – we still pay the full deposit, but you do get 10% off of, of the fare, So that's great. You know, it's something. Um, one of the things that we actually have preferred to do lately, it just happened to be on this last cruise that we had something that we wanted to book. We usually do book opening day, um, is, is the voucher. I love the voucher option. So for $250, you buy a voucher towards a future cruise that has to be used in 24 months. Um, And then that way, you know, when opening day pricing comes out, you can move or have your travel agent move that to the cruise that you want to book. So that's typically what we do. We always have a few cruises, you know, we say in the hopper. Um, Every time we take a cruise, we book another cruise or buy a voucher. Um, And it's, you know, before that it was the dummy dates, which we're so glad they, they have done away with and you can just give them the money. And then, you know, so let's say that we go ahead and we book that, cruise i'm sorry we buy that voucher we pay the 250 dollars goes on our credit card um, we have 24 months to use it and then opening day for i don't know say summer of 17 comes out and you know we just have our travel agent move it to the date that we want so and then you end up paying the extra deposit amount as well so you know maybe you owe 350 dollars and your voucher is 250 so you have to pay that extra 100 you know it's awesome but you get the 10 percent off and the um, onboard credit. So uh, my favorite option is the voucher because I like to book opening day. Um, So not really a rule, but I guess I would throw that in as a tip.
0: That does it for the Twitter questions. Thank you for submitting them and Aaron for the voicemail and Rich for the email slash Twitter question. That'll do it for this week. Thank you for joining us. If you've enjoyed the episode, please feel free to share it with your friends and followers. We'd also be very grateful if you could rate and review our podcast on iTunes. If you have any issues, please drop us an email. You can connect with the show via the comments section on the website, email us at contact at follow us on Twitter at the DCL blog, or on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash disneycruiselineblog. Additionally, you can leave a voicemail which we will try to incorporate into future podcasts with your questions, comments, or feedback on the show by calling 321 765 3252.